welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, hello, welcome to episode 500 of the Self-Help Podcast with me. Oh my God, is it? I mean, pal, I didn't bring the champagne. Bloody hell! <laughs> well, we were going to try and do something special and sit on a sit in the back of your camper van overlooking the mountains of North Wales, but um, we're too busy, aren't we? Yeah, we'll have to do that for five oh one though. Too. Yeah, well, <laughs> we like yeah. yeah, we could we could have a chat about why we have these. It's a nice number, five hundred. Anything, anything with a zero, but it's just, it's just a yeah. same old episode. Maybe we need to kind of be promoting a message of like just carry on as normal and don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we'll celebrate episode six hundred instead, or maybe we'll wait for. It. <laughs> <laughs> Only two years away. There you go. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, are you okay, Sean? How you doing? I'm doing very, very well. Um, physically, I'm doing well and getting better, which mm-hmm. is good. And um, uh, I did a speed awareness course on yeah. Monday, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. I, I did a 36 and a 30. Um, and it, it's interesting, like my mitigating circumstance, because I was rushing because I was taking stuff to... Um, after Auntie Vida, I was taking stuff to charity shops and the tip and all kinds of things, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and it was really interesting on the speed awareness calls because everybody, all the fellas, all had the same thing. They were all in a hurry because they had a reason to be in a hurry. And the thing that we all came to the conclusion to was by the end of it was actually there was no reason to be in a hurry other than we had decided it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it all all males as well? Was it all all boys? Well, yeah, and and that was pointed out. You know, someone on, on it actually pointed out that you know why is there no women here? You know, and and the guys said, well, obviously we do get women on the calls, but it would appear that the majority of, of people that are speeding are the men, or is it that the majority of drivers are men? I don't know. Don't know the well, stats on that. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll come on to a bit of that because uh, it's all part of the weird makeup of the psychology of transport and speed. So we'll do an episode now. We're going to talk about speed, I think, because um, it's quite a hot topic at the moment uh, for various reasons. So um, liveinthepresent.co.uk for all the show notes and links. Sean will write a blog post to accompany this um, podcast. Will. Um, won't you, Sean? Any second now, it'll be landing in my email, in my box. It will. Um, <laughs> And yeah, if you sign up to our mailing list on the website, you can get you'll get alerts for the show and uh, get some free meditation files as well, which you might not want to listen to while you're driving, but uh, it's starting the end of your day. They can help you uh, get yourself ready for the day ahead and chill out, having uh, yeah re- ready for bed. So yeah. Uh, yeah, sign up for those at the website. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the psychology of speed because not only have you been on a speed awareness course, and I have as well, though it was probably coming up for about 10 years ago when I did mine. Um, right. And I, found, I remember finding it quite interesting. I'm a lot more involved now with transport as a whole. I've got a job in transport. Yeah. 
I'm a local councillor as well, just to set the scene. Yeah. Uh, so, but I'm not perfect, and I've, I've had three speeding tickets in my time, um, and I do remember enjoying. I remember enjoying the course very much, actually, and finding it really interesting. And it did kind of flip, flip a little switch in my head. So, if you haven't done the course or if you ever get the chance to, obviously, don't speed. But if you do ever find yourself in a situation, then I would recommend it because I found it really useful. Um, but the psychology of speed itself is quite an interesting topic, wouldn't you say, Sean? Because we're all in a mad hurry for some reason, as we talk about. But it, it, it's the issue of, and like, like I say, it's been reaffirmed to me a lot in doing the course, but it's like how many people are rushing nowhere fast? Mm. It's like why do we have to get where we're going so quickly? <laughs> and And the bottom line is we don't, other than we create the habit that that's what we do. Um, and and like, why do we do that? And and it does seem um, that life has speeded up. And, and when I was a kid on the council estate, you know, people didn't have cars. People either walked, they got the bus, or they were on a bike. And that was was uh, adults and children. That wasn't, you know. yeah. Um, and it, it 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 wasn't until I was about. 10 12 that people started to get cars on the council estate mm. yeah you know. well yeah so i'm fascinated in the in the rise of the the motor vehicle i have a car myself which i use from time to time and mm. my main mode of transport is is bicycle these days I, I tend to most local trips i'll use a bike or combine it with our local rail network mersey rail where you can take your bike on the train or leave it at the station uh, and I find that a really good way of getting around um, the region efficiently and quickly. Um, but do, do, do you think do you think that the bike stores at the stations are secure? Um, I have found them to be. Yeah, I've got a fob for my local station, a little key that enters that, that puts it away. I have heard some stories because you can get the fobs for free. So I think I've heard some stories of certain bikes being nicked. I still lock it up in there. Uh, I wouldn't probably mm. leave one of my electric bikes there for too long. I prefer to have that with me mm. somewhere where I can. But then, mm. then if I've got my e-bike, then I tend not to need the train because I can, an e-bike will yeah. kind of let you get, go a greater distance. Yeah. So, um, but, but you can put the e-bike on the train. Well, good, no, yours is a cargo bike, isn't it? No, well, my wife's got a, a regular e-bike as well now. So um, All right. So, I, use, I use that quite regularly because it's yeah it's fantastic mm. <laughs> it's just magic yeah. Uh, yeah but the speed of an e-bike is limited to 15 miles an hour which isn't quite in line with uh, one of the current hot topics at doing the rounds in the country which is that magic number 20 so 20 mile an hour is kind of uh, all over the news at the moment is it not sean yeah you and well one of the things is that we're right on the border with wales yeah so I see a load, load of people from Wales or people that are commuting from Wales into England and back again. And people in Wales are getting quite frustrated at the <laughs> moment by the 20 mile an hour speed limits, which my understanding is that all the 30 limits have gone down to 20. The other roads have stayed the same. Yes, um, basically it's like the default is now 20. So if there's no streets that we've just got street lighting, which basically mainly means 30, which is something I learned on, yeah. the, on the speed awareness course. Yeah, yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if there's no <laughs> signs in the street lights, it's 30. All those roads now in Wales are 20. Um, so that's quite, it's quite a shock, a shock to the system. I don't know if I'd use that word, but we, we're doing a lot of 20 mile an hour on Wirral as well. 
and as yeah. a local councillor, you know, that's something that I'm quite heavily involved in. But I'm very supportive of it. Um, it's quite a hot topic around here. Lots of public questions at committee meetings, that kind of thing. Not actually yeah. getting many emails about it. So I don't, it, it seems to be like there's a smallish number of people that really don't like it. And most folks are, you know, happy to crack on and give it a go. But, you know, I, had, I have been driving around last week. I was taking the car to be serviced. So Birkenhead, Oxton kind of way, all of that seems to be, well, lots of it seems to be 20 now. Um, yeah, it does. You know, it takes a bit of getting used to, doesn't it? So I can see why there's a bit of an initial reaction, like, "What's all this?" Uh, but are you are you like actually treating people for their like they're missing driving faster, or they're actually psychologically being impacted? No, no, <laughs> I'm not seeing people with psychological complaints from it, but <laughs> okay. I'm but people can't resist mentioning it. Yeah, you know, so they may may have come to see you about their ingrowing toenails, but they're saying. Well, what do you think about this 20 miles an hour then? You know, uh, and it is a big topic around. And people are frustrated by it. Mm. And um, uh, we're at a point where it's difficult to address. Because if I say to them, well, what's so so amazing that you've got to get there at 25 or 30 rather than 20? And and then people get kind of, because they're a bit ratty about it, they go, "Eh, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's easier to smile and go, okay. Um, oh, yeah. I, one thing that's interesting is, I mean, I, I've got the, uh, the, the little camper van thing. Um, and that has uh, a cruise control type thing on it, which will keep it going at a speed on, on the motorway. Um, but you can also set it. So say you're in a 20 mile an hour limit, you can set that at 20 yep. as you go in into it and if you go above 20 an alarm goes off uh, okay. so it will tell you that you're, you've, you've exceeded speed limit mm. um, cool yeah uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm a, I mean I'm very much for it primarily 20 mile an hour is about is a, is a safety thing it's about reducing the risk of crashes collisions and death and injury um, which is sort of hard to argue that point if you get hit at a lower speed there's less like, like chance that you're going to be damaged. Or obviously if people are going slower in the first place, then they have, they're not approaching a situation as quickly. So, uh, but there are some other benefits to 20 mile an hour and lower speed limits that I think will, they're, they're harder kind they're harder to discuss in a council setting because they're kind of a bit wishy-washy psychological. Uh, but I think, uh, and it's only really come that come to me in the recent weeks really i think these lower speed limits nationwide as we kind of head towards that where i think there's going to be a lot going on around the country i think that we'll have some quite profound psychological um, impacts on people because as you've said people are in a rush to get places and at the moment they're kind of quite frustrated at not being able to get to matalan or i don't know they're probably doing important things as well like they're going to doctor's appointments or getting to work and it might take them a couple of minutes longer at a stretch um but once this once the new habit beds in and once things uh once the new norms come into fruition i think we're going to see um a karma society in karma communities one of the things that doesn't get mentioned too much in the kind of research around 20 miles an hour is the lower noise levels so cars even electric cars t- once they get above 20 most of the noise is from the tires so if we can kind of lower the speed limit, 
we're going to we're going to have quieter neighborhoods as well um i'm sure we all stop now and listen we could probably hear the hum of traffic um wherever we are in the uk but if, if as that calms down i think that will again have some quite profound impacts on on neighborhoods what do you reckon yeah i i get that but the other thing that i would say psychologically and it's something that we've done on the courses um is that when you're when you do things at a slower rate your concentration level picks up and you're more aware of things so that if you're if you're rushing through somewhere in a vehicle uh, you miss lots of things around you but that's why you have accidents because you're missing what's going on mm. and the concentration level goes um and it's psychologically from an emotional point of view if you slow down you become more efficient and you get more done right so it's like so the, the, the key thing we use on the course was slow down and speed up you know by slowing down and being calmer you could get more done mm. and i think that's true if you're in a car as well if you're if you're going slower so you're not kind of <laughs> when you're driving then you are more aware of what's going on and you're more connected and and generally we know psychologically that when you slow down if you're just pushing a trolley around the supermarket you're more likely to interact with other people around you you're more likely to be aware of other people which makes you more kind of caring and connected to other people rather than rushing to do what you've got to do Mm. You know, and it's that issue about rushing nowhere fast. Why? You know, what are we doing? Are we, are we rushing towards our grave? You know, are we going to be running all the way there? Yeah. Quick, dig the hole, I'm on my way. You know, it's 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 crazy. Why, why, why are we rushing everywhere all the time? Slow yeah. down. Um, I think I think the motor car, for all its uh, advantages, um, has kind of created that culture um, of of rushing and busyness and like you know you know i can be in a rush on a bike sometimes as well but generally i'm not because um the discomfort of being in a rush when you're cycling without a, a motor without an e-bike maybe um is is, is real because you know you, you you know you're going to arrive somewhere maybe just about on time but you know you're going to arrive there sweaty out of puff whereas usually what i will do when i'm no i'm cycling a certain you know three four five miles to a meeting i'll i'll leave plenty of time so that i can take my time and i can enjoy i can go the quiet route without any stress of kind of getting overtaken by lorries uh maybe stop to take the odd photo even and when you're on a bike you tend to stop you see people so you might have a little chat with someone along the way or you can just enjoy little interactions mm -hmm. like that and then you'll arrive somewhere 10 15 minutes early you know just catch your breath a little bit lock your bike up and then go in and, and do your thing. Whereas in a car, I think what a car has done, the car has done to us, it's kind of created this, it's shortened the space between places, but um, it, we almost to the point where I think, I see it on the school run all the time. Um, people have taken their kids to school in a car and it's only half a mile because um, I know where they live because they're all my neighbours. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> But they've they've left it to the very last minute to get the kids out of the house. And strap them into the car, and then they get to the school gates, and there's no parking because everyone else has come in a car. And then they have to get the kids out of the seat, and then they've got to watch for all the other cars that are around and all the smoke and the fumes. And they're in a rush, and they look really panicked. <laughs> and that last little yeah. couple of minutes before you get your kids into school, which should be really lovely, as you say goodbye to them, 
is just like a hot sweaty mess um and i think that culture of like yeah speeding everywhere has been brought on by the car really because it, it kind of gives you the sensation that you can get everywhere instantly um and you can't because when everyone else drives the system goes to shit <laughs> and you can't uh and it messes with your head so yeah i'm quite i'm fascinated by that the psychology of driving actually and uh yeah, but this is the kind. This isn't the kind of thing I can really bring up. Bring up on a committee meeting as a councillor because it has to be very evidence based. But um, yeah, the psychology of it all is fascinating, isn't it? But, but I think that there is quite a lot of evidence about people's efficiency when they are moving slower in life rather than when they're okay. rushing. Mm. Um, I think there is quite a lot of evidence of that in all kinds of areas. It's a bit like on the. Uh, we, we couldn't do the Industrial Revolution the first time round from a psychology point of view because psychology hadn't developed that far. Right. But when they were industrialising places like China and they were developing um, the lines in the factories, what they found was that if, like every hour, you took people away from the line and got them to dance around and do other things for five minutes and then go back to the line, their efficiency speeded up and they did more. They got right. more done. Um, and it's that kind of thing. Is that the the longer you do something for, your efficiency starts to dive down. Okay. And if you're driving down a motorway from here to London, um, as you go down the motorway, your efficiency as a driver is going to get less, unless you can stay really awake and aware mm. and concentrate on what you're doing. And concentration is quite hard work in reality. It is, yeah. It's it's quite exhausting as well. And um, I mean, cars, modern cars now are very good at kind of uh, encasing you in this really comfortable space, aren't they? Which is quite soporific. Maybe that's the right word. Like mm -hmm. the, the insulation is good on them. The windows are thicker. The, they've, they've made a lot of effort, manufacturers, to keep the the outside world away from you, like for for good reason, so that you're comfortable and it's quiet. And then they put these massive, big, like wide screens in there with maps on and loads of different things showing you speed and revs and all the electric cars now obviously have, you know, battery efficiency and all that. So you've got a million and one things going on there as well. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 a mad place to be in in a car. And we've got quite an old car now, eleven years old, and it's quite basic in its settings. And I prefer to drive now without the radio on like without the distraction of a radio um and like to have the window cracked open a little yeah. bit so i get some fresh air in uh, yeah. uh, i don't know if these were things were on the speed awareness course that we, you were taught to kind of look out for yeah yeah um all, all kinds of things that, that would stop you from focusing ree's got a thing on her car which is a new car where if you're on the motorway and you drift oh. over the line an alarm goes off. Yeah. Unless you're deliberately you've indicated and you're turning out of, of the of the lane that you're in. It will yes. warn you if you drift over the line. Which is and that's quite that's like the AI bit coming in. Which and there's a part of me that goes, Wow, isn't that good? That's amazing that does that. But there's also a part of me that thinks oh, that's another thing that we don't have to concentrate on. Yeah, you know, yeah, there are some quite new clever new gadgets coming out from a safety point of view and i was probably quite um i still might be supportive of them i don't know them that well but i have started to see some videos and stuff about how these new systems are 
um, not working quite as intended um, and people are switching them off, that kind of thing. Because then, um, But yeah, and then from what you've said, yeah, it's like one less thing to worry about, which could have a weird knock-on effect for poor... But we're going to get to a point where you get in your car, you tap in the postcode of where you're going, and then you just crawl into the back seat and have a cup of coffee whilst mm. the car takes you there. Possibly. You know, that seems to be where we're going. I think there are people pushing that, selling that, but I think, I don't think it's worth the effort or I don't think it'll ever be possible. Our our roads are just too complex places, aren't they? Especially as you get into the urban areas where you've got lots of people walking and crossing, um, wanting to cross the road or stop the bus stops in front of you or there's a there's a cone out or there's some weird, you know, roads are getting dug up all the time, aren't they? So I think that was probably quite, in, well, I was very interested in that for a while, but the more I think about it, and you think about how complex it is moving from place to place. Uh, my my vehicle does things like um, it tells you if you're too close to the vehicle in front. If the vehicle in front slams its anchors on, an alarm goes off in your car. Yeah. So it, it's it's doing all that kind of stuff, um, which again is yes, it's really useful. And it, and it's I suppose it does increase safety, but does it also reduce the need to concentrate on what's going on? Maybe you know, and you can you can see the benefit of that, and there's probably some economic value in it. Um, but it, you know, the car industry is trying to solve a problem that's already been solved uh, with that, and it's called the bus or the train. It's like if you if you want to sit back and enjoy the view, or play a game, or read a book get the bus <laughs> you know mm-hmm. obviously a bus mm-hmm. isn't quite as sexy as a eighty thousand pound um car that you can you know it's got electric windows and the boot opens by itself that kind of thing so uh you know current the car industry spends a lot of money selling us this this like this kind of amazing way of life and i think that's part of the reaction there is a bit of a revulsion to lower speed limits um mm-hmm because it doesn't quite sit with the image that we're sold on a car advert, you know, you know, driving your uh, Land Rover Defender across like the Serengeti or up some mountain, you know, but the reality of driving is, is very different. It's, you've got to drive slow, you've got to concentrate. And yeah, also, by the way, we want you to drive a little bit less because the planet's on fire. So it's us. <laughs> so, yeah. But I, I can remember, I was saying to you earlier on, when they opened the M1, which was the first motorway, yeah, um, and it didn't have a speed limit. It mm-hmm. was like the, the autobahn kind of thing. Um, and people were driving. And they were actually testing sports cars and all kinds of things on the road right. and uh, regularly doing well over 100 miles an hour on the road. And then they brought in the 70-mile-an-hour speed limit. And at the time, people were really disgruntled because they were used to driving at 100 and now they could only drive at 70. Yeah. So the people were getting really fed up. Yeah. Um, and and I see the same attitudes in people going from 30 down to 20. Yes. But people have accepted the 70 and then now 70 seems quite fast. So doing 60 is sort of, sort of kind of safer than doing 70, whereas it used to be doing 100, you know. I've seen similar videos of interviews from the past around seatbelts, um, around drink driving rules that came in. Um, <laughs> and yeah, 30 mile an hour when, when, when certain roads became 30, there were people kicked off then. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's very similar. And in, in fact, in Germany where they have the autobahn where you can drive any, 
any speed you want on certain sections. Um, mm. I mean, there is a real push there to kind of drop drop German limits to 70 or whatever it is, 100 kilometers an hour. Um, mm. And it's causing a real like political brawl over there. So like the idea that you wouldn't be able to drive at a 120 mile an hour um mm -hmm. an autobahn you know it's the same but it's the only country in the world where you can do that basically now <laughs> but yeah, mm -hmm. it's the same the whole yeah. world over and yeah i guess we whether it's we get used to a certain kind of privilege or whether there is an instinct to be able to want to go places as fast as you probably possibly can um in deep in but i, I think it's fascinating that idea about why 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 are people driving that fast and it's, it's like you were saying you know do you really need to be at matlan five minutes earlier you know does, does it really help you know and yeah. how many people could you have killed on the way kind well, of thing i'm being a bit facetious you know? when i when i throw away lines like that it's going to land me in trouble at some point on a council meeting probably oh with matlan so oh, with Matt <laughs> Uh, but yeah, why indeed? You know, why why are we in such a rush to get to get places? Um, there's a line in Shawshank Redemption, the movie, where the old the old man who doesn't want to come out of prison because he's been there that long gets out of jail and he, he ends up working in a shop, um, back in people's groceries, and he's he's kind of writes back to these in, inmates the world when it got itself in a big dang hurry. So in the time that he went into jail, when it was probably like. 1910 or something like that and then he gets out of prison in 1960 something like that the mm. world changed a lot so he wasn't prepared for it at all and he ends up well spoiler alert he ends up killing himself doesn't he the old fella because he can't mm -hmm. hack, hack real life but yeah um, mm. the world's got itself in a big damn hurry hasn't it mm. I mean we could, I mean it's mm. not just 20 mile an hour to Matalan you, you, we can get to well, how long did it take you to get to Qatar when you were working over there on a on a plane? Like six, seven hours for seven, yeah, seven hours. Yeah. To do quickly coming back if the wind was behind you. Two thousand miles. Yeah. It's 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 incredible, really, isn't it? Hmm. Whereas I when I was on the Isle of Wight and I had Edna, my adopter granny, who was brought up in a, a village in Scotland. Um, and she said when she because she was very old, and she said when she was a kid. There was no television, no telephones, uh, and the radio was a new thing that happened. But she said nobody went further than you could go on a horse and cart in a day. That was that was as far as you'd go. Yeah. Um, and it was only when things like trains started to happen that people started to travel distances. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and the only time people went any distances prior to that was when they were going to war or trade. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? And you, you, you do see it coming up in political discourse all the time. Obviously, recently we had the uh, announcement that HS2 isn't going to isn't going to get as far as Manchester. The prime minister's decided that he's going to cancel that leg. And I was always like, I was kind of against HS2 for a while. Um, I kind of fell for the line that it was, what's the point in getting to London twenty minutes faster than we already can? Um, Whereas when I started to investigate it a bit more and try to understand why so many people were like trying to get this thing done, it was more about increasing capacity, um, you know, because if we've got another line, as in, you know, if you build another motorway, you free up um, 
space on the existing road network you know so uh but we, we saw hs2 it literally means high speed too doesn't it so at some point someone in a meeting has, has taken the decision to call it that or a group of people probably men mm-hmm. <laughs> almost certainly men because uh, they probably thought that was the best way to sell it to the public um, whereas i actually think that was quite counterproductive because it's it's more about increasing in capacity for, for, for lots more train journeys so that we can stop flying to london or we can um, stop driving down the M6 every time we go down there. But wasn't the idea ultimately that you'd be able to get on a train in the north of England or even Scotland and be able to to go on the train right the way through to kind of Amsterdam or Paris or whatever, you know, and connect the whole thing up, which would have made loads of sense. I mean, you and I went on the train to Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and wouldn't have that have been good if we could have got on a crew or something like that and gone right the way through? Indeed, yeah, yeah. that was that was the plan. That's definitely not going to ever happen that now because no. I think Pancras doesn't link up. But mm. at least you could have if HS2 was built. Yeah, you could have got on a train at Edinburgh, I think, or Glasgow, and gone to Euston and then um, mm. hopped across and then gone on to the continent. So yeah. Mm. We'll see how that plays out but it's more yeah i'm interested in that kind of it was sold as speed high speed too high speed so um yeah there is something within our brains isn't there that likes that kind of idea of being able to get places really quickly mm. and and i i think I, I said to you um a while ago i went to a meeting in a crew um when they were uh, going to do the channel and all that kind of stuff and they were saying that you would be able to drive your car on to a train in the north of England and drive it off in Italy. Wow. That's what, that's what they were selling. Yeah. You know, was this idea that you go through the tunnel, uh, which has never happened, obviously. But, yeah. Mm. Hey-ho. All right. Well, yeah, so were there any key, any final kind of key takeaways from your speed awareness course? Anything else that kind of... Well, the the, the, uh, the guy, Simon, I have to, I have to, I have to say about Simon, he, he was from up in Newcastle and uh, and he was selling himself as the greatest driver in the world. Ha-ha. You know, lovely, lovely guy. Nice guy. Um, and his selling point was coast. It was like, you have to remember coast. So the C is concentration. Um, the O is observation. So that whole idea about, you know, what we're talking about, being slow enough so you can concentrate, you can observe what's going on around you, which this takes you to the A, which is anticipation, so that you can anticipate what's going on because that's when people do step off pavements and stuff like that. Yep. And um, the, um, then you've got, uh, the the S and the T is space and time, like creating space and time to get done what you need to do. And like I said, virtually all the guys on this course were all saying that the reason that they got caught on a camera was because they were rushing to get somewhere. They were in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And and uh, universally, if we created more time and allowed more time to do things, then the problem would be there, would it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, interesting yeah. yeah my three speed tickets from way back when all more than 10 years ago now but yeah they were all I was in it I was going clearly too fast and I was in a rush to get to meetings or what I think I got two on yeah. one trip coming back from uh, Northumberland 
Um, you got two on Montreux. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, coming back, one in coming down the uh, M6 and the A69, one in Carlisle, and then one in Liverpool on Scotland Road. Uh, and I was I was mega skint at that point. Like, and I just remember two letters landing in on like the day after each other. And initially, I thought it must have been a copy of like they were sent two in error. But then I read them both and like, oh my, got two. Yeah, but did my speed awareness course. Uh, took the hit and then I've been I've, I've been all right since then yeah and uh, it really changed my relationship with driving actually so I it was a really good course I remember really enjoying it my my sat nav in, in the campervan thing does um if you got it set to a destination but only if it's set to a destination it will say 20 mile an hour speed camera ahead what's your speed and it actually tells you and which again is a good thing, but if you rely on it, does that mean you can speed along and then suddenly, well, slow down, camera coming? Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Like, what's good technology and what actually ends up being bad technology? I know, yeah, yeah, all right. Well, we'll have to, mm. we'll have to save that one for another day, Sean. I think for yeah, 600 maybe, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, have you got a resource of the week? This specific yeah, my resource, my resource is the classic has to be the latest version of the Highway Code, ah. which I've actually just downloaded on Kindle cool. um, because it's changed a lot since I last read it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'd, I'd say have a read, get yes. up to date with what's actually going on. It actually has a section I've noticed, which I haven't read yet, on cycling and all kinds of stuff. There's, there's, well, yeah. It's expanded quite a lot. Yeah, because people walking crossing the road now have priority at junctions, don't they? So that seems to be something yeah, yeah. not many people yeah. know about. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, take advantage of it, not while you're not just when you're driving, but try and envisage yourself as a pedestrian or a cyclist. Imagine. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm read that good one. Yeah, I found an article on the psychology, the social psychology of speeding attitudes to 20 mile an hour. So, uh, oh, there you go. I haven't come across can that you, one, Can so. you send me the link for that, please? I will. I'll send it through right <laughs> now, but I'll put it in the uh, the notes as well for everyone else to read. Okay. Okay, Sean, you stay safe. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, nice and slow, hey? Easy, does it? Yeah. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good to see you. Okay. All right, you take care. See you, everyone. See you now. Bye. Bye.